What up, world? How you doing? It's your man, Rondo. Rondo! And Andy, man. X4. <clears throat> what up, y'all? And I personally want to thank you and welcome y'all to your favorite podcast from the west side of the shy 773 what up y'all and oh my god uh i know it's been a minute so i, I want to formally introduce to you your iwgp world heavyweight champion andy man x Hey, we got the belt, y'all. <laughs> we here. We got the scrap in the building. That's right. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't properly introduce you to your reigning, uh-huh. defending, yes, intercontinental champion. Yeah, yeah. Run, go. Uh, I want y'all to. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Hit that. Uh, good gold. That's good gold. I, I, I don't want to mess with the audio levels here. That's all. That's I, right. I don't want to, you know. Just to, I just have to properly, time. properly get, you know, get into the show here. Yeah. Uh, we got one for you, too. And this is a very special episode today because today's episode, we are commemorating and giving the Just Do Flowers to one of the most iconic wrestlers to have a grace the canvas one of the greatest sports entertainers to ever lace up a pair of boots yeah i, I say so i say so great this, worker man. yeah great great seller great mind oh yeah definitely like a mind like like we were unaware of man he he's again just one of those special talents behind the scenes in the ring that just can yeah. like can really like you you can feel comfortable working in the ring and not and knowing you're gonna like have a good match with that man. If you don't know, uh this past week we lost the legend who is Scott Hall, aka Razor Ramon. Yeah, one of the outsiders. Uh I believe the story was he had a few heart attacks back to back to back. He had been dealing with some health issues. Um that were brought on due to complications from uh, situations that he dealt with in his own personal life. Yeah. Uh, but Father Time caught up with him. You no know, health started to deteriorate. It's a little. Go ahead. Yeah, it's yeah, but ultimately, like I, I feel like he went in a good place. Like this is not like this. Were, this isn't going to be um, you know just going over his hard times. We're really here to send him off, like. You know, like I said, give the man his flowers. He was like, we didn't get a chance to do this for Brody. Absolutely. Like, we we couldn't, we can't pass up the chance to do this for Razor. My God, he's he's funny. It was fucking hilarious, man. Like, uh, like I said, like to to talk about like him being to him being like just a good worker. He put uh six on the he put X Pac on the map. He uh, did. Like gave him the gave him the proper rub for a guy. It was like um. Well, I don't know if it was a house show or whatnot, but that match lit the fire under the career of One Two Three Kid. I know yeah. exactly what you're he talking was. About. Ju- yeah, at the time he was just a kid. It was going to be one of those what fans thought was going to be a squash match. Uh, it's Razor versus just the kid. Yeah. And and what was it? The match ended when 
Uh, Razor went for a, went for a corner spot, missed it, hit this turnbuckle. The most devastating move in sports entertainment. The roll up and got him with a <laughs> one, two, three. Yeah. And there and there it is, born one, two, three kid, man. It just uh, just one of those special moments, you know. And then later on to find out, you know, he brought uh, six or Xbox into the fold with the click. I mean, it just goes to show, like you know, just outside the ring too, how amazing he is. Yeah, uh, so before we start the episode, uh, we firstly want to send our condolences out to the Hall family. Uh, blessings and prayers, you know, uh, definitely in our in, in our thoughts, and we hope that you are able to make it through this situation. Uh, and we hope that uh, y'all stay strong through this time. Yeah, they got to be with you and all that good stuff. And with that being said, we're going to start diving into the uh, career that was and is Sky Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon. Now, (laughs) for me, like, this shit is easy because growing up, we were exposed to wrestling, but I really didn't take to it up until... I would probably say nine or ten when I started like being able to pick and decide for myself. Hands down, without any fucking complication, one of the first wrestlers I ever felt like drawn too far as like, like okay, I'm a fan, Razor Ramon, and it was for numerous reasons. The intro when he came in, his theme music to me was some of the best music I had ever heard. Yeah. The build, how you let the beat build, and then he comes out, gets to the ring, the drop with the synthesizer piano, I believe. Right. Oh, okay, okay. We got the music expert over here. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Get in there. So it was like, and then the swag walking to the ring. The chains. Yeah, and like wrestling used to be a lot, I guess you could call it, I don't want to say simpler or basic, but the guys, they threw a couple of strikes, do a couple of kicks. You mainly relied on a, a handful of maneuvers to get you through the match. Yeah. And Scott's maneuvers that he would do, in my opinion, could have been signatures or finishes for, for that matter. Because the it's because of the way he the way he carried the match. It's like he didn't do a for Razor, it wasn't a simple it wasn't as simple as a punch or a kick. You know, there's something behind it. Yeah. There's, a, there's like, you know, there's a, when he steps, like, after he knocks you down, he, like, you know, steps over you, listen to the crowd for a minute. Because that's all they did. Like, it's, I, the matches were not complicated. They were really simple. And they ran off of charisma. And if you don't have that in the ring, then you're not getting over and then you're getting fired. So, Razor had that, had that character where it's just like, you want to see him do a move. And for me, it's like, when I was growing up, like, for me, it was like, there was, like, he was, uh, we talked about this a little bit off air about, like, there just being two people for us. And it was like Razor and Sean. Yeah. And yeah. there's this, this is a time where you got people like uh, Undertaker's in the ring. Hulk Hogan's around. You got Macho Man. Around. I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. And for, like, at this time, it's just like, it just shows like there was a, like, a change of the guard, you know? There's a, the time of air is changing. And, it's a time for Razor and, and Sean. It's like, that was their time. That was them. Big yeah, yeah. Uh, Diesel. That's them. See, I, at that time, too, during that transition, WWE was getting rid of all the high names. They would get the, the, the guys that we were accustomed to seeing. The Hulks, the Macho Mans, 
the uh, Ultimate Warriors. Yeah, he was relying on a new batch of wrestlers to lead the WWF into the new regime of wrestling, i.e., the new generation, which consisted of Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Diesel, yeah. Razor Ramon, Yokozuna. British Bulldog could have been in there for a bit. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, but these are these are workhorses. These these fucking guys, you know them, but people fail to realize in the beginning, they were they were the head of the class for the new lead of wrestlers for the new class of wrestlers. I mean, yeah, because you got because again you got um, you have Sean Showmanship of just selling moves, making them look more impact more impactful than what they were. He's a draw. Like yeah. Sean, in my opinion, like thinking back. I mean, I'm sure there's other wrestlers. Like, you got Dino, you got uh, Ricky Martel, but Sean was one of the wrestlers that I knew for a fact. He could draw even if he wasn't fucking in a match. Yeah. The crowd, mainly the females, would go crazy when this nigga came to the, the ring. Look, he had the music. But then you have Razor Ramon in there, and now you have, like, you have a mind for storytelling. That motherfucker was the definition of cool to me when you first when you seen him swag into the ring. Well, you, I've seen him do a promo, and it's like it's a uh, it's it's not it's not a promo. It's a uh, it's a vignette. He is uh, oh, at yeah. a, uh, at the bar, uh, and he's like, looks like, like he's in Miami. Yeah, and, and the and the person brings him a check. He's like, you know who I am? <laughs> yeah. You think I'm going to bathe this? You want me to clean the dishes next? I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? That's something else I wanted to touch on too. Like the promo skills that this man possessed, uh, like fucking unmatched, man. Like he was literally like ahead of his time. I think because of the way he delivered his promos, he had time to think as he breathed his way through it, and it just gave him time to just really dig in, man. It also played with the character because when you think about it, the Scott Hall character isn't that far removed from Razor Ramon. You take away the accent, that's probably about it. That's, He's still the same you arrogant. His, you, what you did was they gave him a different vest. Facts. That's all that really happened. They put they put uh <laughs> they put Hall and dripped the little Wolfpack blood on there instead of having the razors. Yep. But that man was like, yeah. So I, I know we were jumping all over the place, but let's try to start uh, at, at, at some sort of a base. I know this, this this episode may be a little out of whack because we just, like we said, we just appreciating this man. Um, he's done a lot for the wrestling business and for me personally, because like I was mentioning, he was one of the first two wrestlers that had me hooked when I seen it. Yeah. So uh, I want to touch on the start of his career for a little bit because I know a lot of people don't really know the beginning yeah. Uh, for myself, I began seeing uh, Scott Hall. We'll call him Razor. You know, we'll call him all type of stuff during this episode. But I didn't start seeing him myself until um, early. I want to say '95. By that time, he had already. He was in the WWF. That's why I first was introduced to him. Okay. Um, but he had a whole career before that. I didn't see him until 95, 96. In the beginning, he started out wrestling in NWA. Uh, swear. Oh, yeah. And I know he had a couple of feuds with uh, Dusty Rhodes. 
but this was back when Scott Hall was a big, burly, buff dude with a thick mustache. Looked like a cowboy almost. Yeah. Um, There's... Like I were like I would say like NWA is like we're all like he's crossed paths with some really big names already. Like the, you already mentioned the Dusty here, mm-hmm. and it's just like you get like these. I feel like you ever think they get to a moment where less like they're gonna that they feel like they're gonna be remembered for, like for all time. Like these are like these like it's Dusty Rose. This is probably like pre polka dots, where he's like really just like out there being him like his you know southern style self. And this is a different style of Razor Ramon. This is where he was like, I think he was, uh, I think he's like, he has this mustache. And I think there was like, the idea was to uh, picture him after, uh, what's his name? He was a, he's a guy on TV. Uh, He, Magnum P.I. I was just going to say. Yeah. Bro, that was his nickname when he was in the business. Like when he first started, (laughs) when he was with AWA, they nicknamed him Magnum Scott Hall. Then they wow. later changed it to Big Scott Hall. <laughs> so, yeah, he legit looked like fucking Magnum. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you said it, I knew where you was going. With. Like, like he looked like the brawny guy. Think, yeah, no, Magnum PI is for for sure. But if you can't think Magnum PI, think of like put him in a plaid shirt, the burly dude. Yeah. For the, uh, paper towels. That's him. That's Scott Hall. That would probably be Big Hall. He has Big a, Scott. He has <laughs> a tag team about against. Boy, he was partners with Dan Stevie. Uh, I'm not sure who that guy is. I, I, maybe I'm not familiar with the name. I'll have to pick. But I know he had some matches against Arn and Ole Anderson back in the day. Okay. They were in the uh, tag team feud for a while. Um, but after 98, or 98, after 89, that's when WWE began to take notice. And they began to, you know, keep an eye on Scott Hall back then. Okay. I always got Scott Believe it or not, AEW, when they ended up working with Scott in 85, they saw potential in him and they wanted to push him like Hulk Hogan. So, like, you think about that aspect. So this is still, but this is still Big Hall now. Yeah, this is still Magnum Hall. Like, he's literally been in the business. He, he was he was with NWA for one year. He went to AWA in 85, and by 80, 88, they had dreams of you know, pushing him like Hulkamania. Hulkamania is running wild. So, you know, other territories are looking for their next big thing. Mm-hmm. They penciled in Scott Hall to be their guy for what would seem to be a, a good maneuver, but... Like, my thing is, because I would think... Maybe I'm pulling the camera... Like, maybe I'm pulling the curtain back too far, and I'm like, do you think that because the show is picking up more networks more like want the guy that looks like the main character from this other show that definitely plays a part because uh what it, it's not imitation is the you know next thing that's the flattering I, I know i fucked up that phrase but the thing is it's like especially back then before we got hip to technology and all of this shit i believe a lot of people would be fine with the idea of bamboozling somebody or tricking them yeah like uh, if this guy looks like that person you will watch this you know here, and the reason i bring this up is like it just sparked me here um spark yeah um because excuse me because i'm tight um so because characters look like other people they want them for the company so when Scott Hall, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash jump ship to WCW, and 
uh, WWF at the time kept the Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, but just like re, like they just revamp, like changed the character, like changed the person that re-packaged. was the character. Yeah, but like not repackaged, but like just got a brand that Absolutely. took a guy, like took some other person that was six foot. Took, yeah, yeah, put clothes on him and said, "Make it work." So I'm like, with the wig, but I'm like, and you get like these wish versions of them. So you get like for wrestling, you get you have Magnum PI on uh, on uh, on ABC or whatever. And I can't get Magnum PI, but I have this guy that looks like him. I and then because yeah, and because the guy looks like him, other people would be drawn to my network to my channel because this nigga looks like Magnum PI. But he doesn't, you know, I think that plays into the fact of, of whatever's popular, whatever's selling, you know what I'm saying? Magnum PI was a popular fucking show in the 80s. Why not? If you got a wrestler that looks like Magnum PI, yeah, run with that character because that's a gimmick. Like back then, you know, wrestling was so strong with the gimmicks. They didn't really do, if anybody did, like their real personas in wrestling. Like I'm not even sure if that was a thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, it was so much more character driven. I believe like you couldn't pass up on an opportunity like that. But because this is like Scarface was out, but I don't. I obviously know he didn't put the two together. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Mm. He also lived, had a, fort, a, a a short-lived tag team uh, situation with one of my other favorite wrestlers, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Really? When they were in AWA, yeah. They were running, running wreck shop on the tag team division over there. Do you think? Do you think Razor? Uh, I'm like I think of Razor, and I, and I always think like his single stuff. But he's been in a few tag teams, and I didn't like. But he, and he's also just a really again to have that kind of mind in your corner, to have the bad guy in your corner, is a great like. Is a I think will be as like as good a person as any to have like have your back and have your like have, have a tag has a have as a tag team partner. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The big guy, I definitely will have Scott Hall on my team. See, we're we're accustomed to seeing Scott Hall standing next to Kevin Nash. Yeah. Which makes Scott Hall looks regular. Scott Hall's fucking like six seven. Like I wanna be accurate. I'm almost positive he's six foot seven. Yeah, like on television, next to Kevin Nash, like yeah, next to Nash, I'm like, I can take him. Mm. And then you get there to the show, you and you like you see him in real life, you're like, huh. Oh. Uh sidebar. Yeah, he is six seven. He is billed at two hundred and eighty-seven pounds. That's almost three hundred pounds. From Miami, Florida. His ring names that he possessed were American Starship Coyote, Razor Ramon, Texas Scott, and the one that we're familiar with. For the, I would say the third most part of his career, the Diamond Stud. That was. Oh the, yeah, the Diamond Stud. That was World Championship Wrestling. Right Man, there. he was working with DDP at the time. Man, that was a great, a goddamn Diamond Dallas man. So in '87 and in 1990, Scott Hall got a tryout at a house show with the WWF. He got the tryout in 87. Back then, it wasn't really no working relationship. They gave him a shot. I guess they had him on, you know, we need you, we'll call you type situation. Three years later, they hit him up for a house show. 
or uh, they received he received another tryout and he uh wrestled against Paul Ramon or Paul Roma but was defeated and he didn't sign with the company so he went to WCW and that's when the iteration of the Diamond Stud was created let's see like he it's a great it's great correct uh the gear looks amazing the gear looks amazing yeah he was brought into NWA's World Championship Wrestling territory by Jim Ross in '89. This is this is a great this is great podcast material here, but you got to see the Diamond Stud. Oh yeah, for sure. If you get, you know get a chance, Google the Diamond uh, Scott Hall, the Diamond Stud, and my God, you'll get the visual because this man was definitely chiseled from some type of. Granite or marble. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that mustache. Look at that, man. <laughs> Look at this. The diamond stud. He came into WCW in 89 with Brian Pillman and Sid Vicious. Man's wearing overalls with diamond rhinestones on them. All right. Takes a brave man to wear a diamond studded overall set. No shirt. Okay, sunglasses and that that you know that escrow yeah, oh, yeah. that he's hmm. he's known for. So he had his first television debut on July 9th, 1989, for World Championship Wrestling. He was pinned by the Great Moolah. Uh on July 9th edition of WCW Pro, you know, back then they used to do two, three shows at once and then separate them on television. So if you were there live, you will see three matches, but on television, they'll break them up. Right. Uh, he had another match. He was, he faced Terry Funk and lost. He had his first pay-per-view to, uh, debut at the Great American Bash that year. So he, he definitely was in and around the scene in 89. Doesn't seem like he was getting much love for the company. Nah. Like, I don't see, like, I I never saw Razor as a uh, as a world champion. Hate to say it. But really? Nope. I, I I definitely saw him in, like, the upper... The the, yeah, the upper echelon of, like, uh, of top tier, like, mid-card, uh, but never world title. Like, he could take the, he could take the mid-card title and make it and elevate it to a point where, where it's maybe as important as a world title. But I never saw him holding like the holding the big gold. I see. I always saw him as world champion because of the size, because of the promo skill, because of the ring work. I thought he just literally had to wait for his time. Like anywhere else, he could have been a champion. His run, he really got the momentum when he was with WWF, I believe. But that was when Vince was pushing bigger. <coughs> he was still stuck on the old school names. He was trying to run with Bret Hart. Razor was a champion, but like you said, he was the champion of the mid-card. And that was the scene that Shawn Michaels was coming in to yeah. take over. And you think back on it now, it's like, all right, when Shawn would have became champion and Razor would have had to pass the mantle, if he wouldn't have left, what would have been left for him to do there? If you see him as not being championship material, yeah. if you see him as not being a guy, and I see him as being the guy. Like, yeah, jump ship too. Yeah, so it, 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 you you could think about 
the times in WWF back then too, the uncertainty of situations. You can also believe that they had their ear to the grindstone so they would hear things. Like I think yeah, I think WCW was like they are better scouted. But like the people that they but WCW, the people they bring in are all I don't know, they just they're missing some part. I don't know. Maybe it's the production. I don't know what it is. WCW is just overall just always missing something to, to get you that draw to really hold you. Yeah, it really all it always you. felt like you were it's like it, it always felt like you were watching like you were watching a good movie, but it was like yeah, it's a bootleg though. It's not coming out of the theater. Like it's the quality is decent. Like it doesn't look that bad, but it's not it's not clean cut produced. You know what I'm saying? By a big name type shit. It's like watching Anaconda. Oh, God. I hate that movie. It's like, you got stars in it, but is the movie good? Yeah. All right. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a break for a second. Let things settle in. We're going to come right back. We're going to finish doing a little more conversation about the one, the only, Mr. Scott Hall. The Bach guy. Be right back. Roll up another one. And we back. What's Mike Jones' phone number? 821. Wait. Wait, hold on. I know this shit. Uh, It ain't no time limit. There isn't. Okay. TV time remaining. (laughs) <laughs> there it is yeah there it is. fuck you told <laughs> bell we out here we <laughs> out here get my black card i know my shit what y'all just got witness to <laughs> was a sample of a game called black car revoked it's a car game in which uh, I'll let Andy Man explain. No, no, no. It's it's honestly just what we get to. It's it's all your all your black trivia, like blacker than black. Then I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. Check it out. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's dope. It's a great party game. Uh, and black. I'm blacker than these blacker than black, and I'm black, and I'm blacker than black, black, black. Play with your black friends. Play it with your white friends. Play it with all your friends. Play it with your black friends first. Oh no! I said it. Should have made that a commercial. Anywho, <laughs> welcome back to the treehouse, y'all. Y'all know how we get down. If you come into the treehouse, you gotta have tree to get in. Ding. So what you smoking on, bro? Cheese and crackers. Wait, that's <laughs> not what I'm smoking on. Okay, so I grabbed something, and I don't remember the name of it. I know I got some apple fritter. Matter of fact, let me see. I think I can look it up real quick. I'm sorry for right, being man. so. It's cool. You ain't got to go into too much detail on it. All right. It's smoking. Uh, I know that. That shit hurts. Yeah, this leaf got us lit right now. Area 51. Holy Area 51 and apple fritter. Area 51 and apple fritter. I have no idea what either of those two, but Area 51 sounds like a blast. You know what it's doing now. Um... <laughs> Uh, me over here, I got the garlic cookies on the bait. I like um, it. I like it's it. it's dope. 
No, no pun intended. <laughs> um, I see you know what, what else is dope? I see it. Razors. Ramon. Oh, I, li- I like the segue. Um, we are, uh, we're here in the treehouse today to uh, pay homage to a legendary wrestler, two-time Hall of Famer. Yes. And just overall pretty cool bad guy. No, he's a pretty bad guy. I like that. He's an absolute bad guy. Pretty cool bad guy. Um, we're talking about Scott Hawley and some of our like some of our memories of him are uh, and just some of the things he's done in this lifetime while he was here. Um, where we had last left off, we're uh, getting ready to talk about his uh, his New Japan career. That uh, is a little something I didn't know about. Yeah. Uh, this is like briefly. Wanna... Uh, this is after he had left uh... WCW. Yeah, he he went to WCW. He was uh, he was there for. 1989. So he was probably there as like enhancement talent or some something like that. Oh, for uh, where he was uh, well, I'm sorry, he was talking, you were at when he was with WCW because yeah. he had two stints there. Right. He was there for 1989. Then he left. That's when he went overseas. Yeah, he wasn't like yeah, he wasn't really there for like more than two years. So he came down to New Japan just for uh, for one year. Uh, went for the cash uh, for the cash cup ninety. And and then after that, went right back to WCW shit. Right. Like, there really wasn't anything there for him. No, we probably just honing on, on his skills, uh, getting getting well-traveled, you know. Right. And again, that just speaks to the character of the man. Like, he he was a worker. He was out. He was trying to find new ways to reinvent his wrestling style and make maybe, like, work safer shit. And then, like, wrestling back then wasn't as... I mean, there's different territories, but you were probably getting fucked out of your money or you probably weren't getting picked up. So for him to be able to go to New Japan for that year or whatever it was, that shows that they saw something in him and he was actually doing something. Uh, Sidebar, we're watching a Scott Hall, I mean, uh, Kevin Nash and uh, uh, Sean Waltman interview video in the background. And this nigga Sean Waltman is taking shots of vodka. Kevin Nash is drinking wine, and this is before Scotty got his shit together. Not Scott, yeah, not Scotty, but uh, Sean. Sean, Sean has some things. Yeah, but again, this is again, this just speaks to just the longevity of these guys' careers. We're able to see them go through, like, go through the trenches and come out the other side. Like that's I, that's what I. I, I'm really happy to have, like to have seen parts of his career, and to really like know that like okay yeah he had you know he had his alcohol or whatever, but at the end he like he went out got the help he needed, uh, maybe he relapsed yeah but then again he got back on the horse, and then was able to live out the rest of his life at peace. Yeah, he I mean that so, shows the fighting character that the man possessed. Man. Like it's one thing to go out and be this this individual, this character for millions of people on a broad stage, but then like you still got to come back and do you. Like you still got to come back and live your own life. And some people don't know how to separate the two. Some people use that that millions of people they use it as their outlet, but then they come back to reality and they're just as alone. Yeah. And, you know, people are just human. Um, 
But what happens after this? Um, His return. Now this is back. Now this is in ninety. What this is in ninety one. Uh, we're in Atlanta, Georgia. He's uh, this is taping for WCW, uh, where he made his return with the renamed Diamond Stud. I swear to God, Diamond Stud gimmick is my favorite. Like this is this is still early into my wrestling years, but like I think when I know I I hear Diamond Stud, I know that. One. See, what I was, know that. One. I, I, I hate to jump around, but this ties in later on. What was DD's P? What was DDP's original gimmick? Because he has something like that too. I thought. It's always been Was it? I liked Diamond Dallas Page. Like from from when like ninety two ninety three. I swear I thought he had a different gimmick. There's a different like there's manager page. There's manager Diamond Dallas Page, and then there's wrestler Diamond Dallas Page. Right. And there are two different diamonds. There there's two oh there are two different cuts. <laughs> there it is. I found it. I found it. Um, yeah, like his magic is. Oh man, he's like Jimmy. Like he's like mouth of the South. Good, as definitely. D- as DDP as a uh, as a manager, it's so good. Um, I like Diamond Dallas Page. He he was a uh, WCW original. Yes, he is. Yes, People, he is. Like I I, I have to rem- re- remember that. Yeah, it's I. Like, was it, did anything? Uh, but yeah, where are we? We're jumping around. No, no, because we were talking about his return to WCW uh, at the Diamond Stud. Oh, yes. And now we get so. Where, uh, he was managed by Diamond Dallas Page, uh, made the, his first appearance at Super Bowl on May 19th uh, in a squash match. Uh, but in 1992, this is where he comes back to the WWF. Okay. Uh, Razor Ramon, this is where Razor is born. Uh, he comes back uh, with the Colombian style. Uh, he was like a bully. Uh, the idea was he was uh, he got it from Tony Montana, so he watched the movie and then like got the voice down and just stuck with it. Nice. Um. Let's see. Uh, he goes down. I think first his first win uh, for the W uh, for the WWF Intercontinental Title. He won that against uh, what's this guy? Uh, sorry. No, you good? Uh, Ricky Martel. There it is. Yeah, yeah. October that's, that's, ninety four. That's the match that I remember. Yeah. And then I didn't know this, but like the first Monday Night Raw, like he he was the first promo there. He opened the show for the first Monday Night Raw. That was he it. had a match there too, didn't he? Yeah. Like that's that's crazy to think. I remember that Raw. Is that the is that the Raw where he fought one, two, three kid? I'm, I'm thinking that's the match. Is it, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't I didn't see it. I didn't write it as uh, the opponent. But yeah, long career, man. Uh, and then he went to WCW again. Yeah, the man had accolades left and right at WWF. He had first ever ladder match. Yeah, the first ever ladder match in wrestling business. And he won between him and Shawn Michaels, an up and coming Shawn Michaels. Screw that! Like that's my match. That's one of my matches. But we were talking earlier off air. 
they had two ladder matches, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's more difficult to find footage of the first match yeah. online compared to the second one. Yeah. And I believe if you do find footage, it's pretty grainy. But yeah. But I mean, like, but there's also the, like what you also said, there's a network now. Yeah. If you, you have Peacock, there. you should be able to find it. By the way, uh, the this is a, a public service announcement for uh, Peacock. Get you some internet. Man, I don't like Peacock. Sucks. All right. Uh, this Thank is, you for Bel Air, though. This is brought Shout to you by uh, uh, Revamp. This is brought to you by Xfinity, uh, the internet that we trust. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We need some sponsors. Guys, Try to get somebody to sponsor. That's I might just shout out sponsors. The rest of this. Oh no! This is the oh, no. no. They can, they can this is Scott Hall's episode. Take I don't want to. Uh, you right? You right? When you're right, you right. All right. So uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about. <laughs> so we got to talk about the fucking fact that, without it being said, and probably unbeknownst to himself. Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, was probably going to be one of the four pillars of the new generation of wrestling. Absolutely. And the timing of wrestling during 93 to 96 was extremely fucking tricky because there was a changing of the guard, if you will. Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to see, like, the four pillars of that time, obviously. So, uh, so Sean, you you give me your four, and I'm gonna give you mine. Yeah, I I, I can't. I don't know my my uh, who the four. I, I already have my four. But I we got, could agree. We oh, could. Ag- I got no. I think I got him. I think I got him. Uh, okay. I got. I got. Uh, I got perfect. Agree. Got, wait, wait. I, I'll put a. I'll put a asterisk by perfect, but because perfect had been around for a minute. But go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening. I got. Let's perfect. get up on the mic. These are my four. I got. I got Mr. Perfect. Okay. I got Bret Hart. Okay. I got Shawn Michaels. Okay. And I got Razor. Okay. I can see that. Those now, are my four guys. Now, the four that I was looking at was Shawn. Okay. Absolutely. Bret. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yokozona. Yoko? If you think about Vince's. Are you going to put Lex Luger on there, too? <laughs> I mean, shit. And Razor and Diesel. Mm, as a tag team. No, no, not even. But it's like, I say four pillars, mm. but they could be five pillars. No, there because... can't be five pillars. That's the idea of there being four pillars. I thought it was five. No. What about Coliseums and you shit? Know, you know, that's not... You know that... Okay, why don't you... Nothing in life makes sense, America. <laughs> I just want you to know... I mean, Four pillars. Um, but that's that's construction. But but okay, we agree, Sean. <laughs> all right, all right, this guy. So we can agree, Sean Michaels. Absolutely. We know Bret Hart. Absolutely. Now, you said, oh, this is the one I forgot. I meant to say that's why I paused. Undertaker. Undertaker was definitely one of the four. Yeah. See, I didn't think about. I did not think of Taker. Because like I was thinking like what I, because I was thinking showmanship, the showmanship of Sean. Okay, you give me like yeah. The reason you why give me your reasons. The I was thinking the showmanship of Sean, um, Razor with his like with his ability to, to work, uh huh, and put on matches. I agree. Um, I got Brett because he's technical, uh-huh. and you need someone like to be able to like when we're not doing showmanship stuff, 
We need someone that can um to you know get down on the mat. I got Mr. Perfect, but I, I also put an asterisk there because I did I wasn't sure on him. But you say Taker, and that's absolutely true. Now I, your list is solid. I, yeah. I don't disagree with it. You're viewing it as a professional wrestler analyst, and I fucking love and appreciate that. My picks are coming solely from the position of he who shall not be named. So I'm looking at it through his eyes, which is fucking tough. But when you think about it, like you grab Sean because he's the draw for the crowd. Mm -hmm. He can get people there solely off the shit that he's saying. Brett is the most technical wrestler. We've established that. Mm -hmm. You, You want someone who can actually go in the ring. Then you got, this is where it gets tricky because you also gotta have characters in there that everyone can have like the char- this is where the gimmicky part comes into play exactly cause I'm thinking uh, who can you bounce off like you have four pillars so you gotta be able to bounce off these four people so you it's Sean and Brett they can work together I said Undertaker Sean and Undertaker Sean and, uh, and Brett can Brett and the Undertaker have a match together yeah yeah Brett and Taker, they, they've had a couple, but I believe injuries is what stalled us out from having the full shebang about this shit. Hmm. And okay. then I say Yokozuna. The reason I say Taker and Yokozuna, because you want a variety. And back then, Vince was in love with the I bigger see. guy. Yoko changes up the whole format of a match. You're Sean, ver- right. Sean versus Brett, that's a fast, quick, a, a quick pace, high flying, fast match. Hmm. It can go the distance. But you know it's gonna be some 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 furniture moving between those two. They can they can go against each other. Brett versus Taker, it's a different dynamic. It's now you got a big versus a little. No. Still kind of quick. You don't like that? No, because see, in this case, I would take Taker out and keep Razor in. But because I I can get a better match, like I can get a good looking match for Razor and uh and Yoko. I can get a good match out of them too looking through the eyes of he who should not be named easily you can already see Taker's more reliable of an individual mm-hmm. far as like it's, Taker's been there since 1990 he put in a lot he put in just about the same amount of time as Hall uh, Scott Hall also but Taker Taker was willing to do business and work with anybody like I feel, like you said, like I saw I saw Razor in a different light. You think Razor would like uh would have like I'm not taking a I'm not taking a job to this guy. I believe yeah the fucking click, yeah. the click, <laughs> like this and, and, and this in no way diminishes it. Like this shows the power. You know who I am. Like it's like yeah, they like. They're the reason the business is as strict as it is now. They teamed up. They use cohesion. They use manipulation. Yeah, we can't let y'all play together. Y'all have bad ideas. Thing, y'all play together. They legit hazed and bullied motherfuckers to the point where they, people left the business. But okay. that that was the lay of the land and back they can't there. Get in trouble. No, that's you know how. Who, you know who we are? You don't. Oh, you're crying because someone peed on your gym shoes, pussy. Get out of the locker room. Get out of here. So you got that. You got the old way. 
you got the old school way of wrestling. You got these party boys. You got these jackasses. Yeah, they can go. Sometimes everything is all systems go. It, it, but then you got Taker. One of the pillars. We're talking about the pillar situation. What about the pillar, sir? Taker. Yes, sir. No, sir. Get it done. Flawless match. Performs at a high level all the time. Promos. And then the, the dynamic of the character, what you could do with them far as dropping them from the ceiling, bringing them from the casket match. Yeah, I mean, he, was there a casket match before Undertaker? There was no casket match before Taker. Because why would you need a casket match before so, Taker? So, so <laughs> like, that's a, could it be six? Could it be six pillars? Because I mean, Brent, Sean, Taker, Yoko. Now you're building then, a mausoleum. And then, is that a thing? Now you're building a garage. Is, is that a thing? Now or, you're building or a That not exist now either. You're, now you're building a house. Because Pluto's not a planet. This is like more. But, this is this is more like your Mount Rushmore. But but Pluto might be a planet again because nothing in the world makes sense, America. I mean, it's multiverse theory here. Yeah, I know. Pocket dimensions. And uh, uh, this episode, blame, blame Peter Parker. This episode is brought to you by the second iteration of life. Uh, <laughs> we've been here before. Coming in from the twelfth dimension. Shout out, you aliens. Wu Tang Clan ain't. Nothing to fuck with. All right. Now we're just traveling. <laughs> Fucking weed, man. All right. So we like, yeah, but so cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. That whole 16 minutes. Cut that, cut that, cut that. But no, like, so that's why instead of the four pillars, there was the new generation. But those guys definitely were leading the charge. And for whatever reason, I like we were saying, I believe they saw the writing on the wall because you got these new guys coming in and the older established wrestlers leaving frustrated and pissed off. Yeah. Leaving on bad terms. Or like uh Hope wanted to run the business into the ground because Hokomania rules, but his time was up and he didn't want to play ball. Macho Man felt like he could still go. Vince delegated him to commentary. He was not feeling that. Ultimate Warrior felt like he was a bigger wrestler than Hulk Hogan. But they definitely felt like they couldn't depend on him. No. So Not he up a jump ship. So you got these new wrestlers who are still somewhat green, but with the business going into a new direction, like yeah. things are changing. So, it, you know, maybe they can make their own path and do things differently from how the norm is accustomed to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, is that and that's if that was uh, the Scott Hall? That's what the what the Click established. The Click were essentially a group of frat boys they're, that bullied they're, everybody. They were a mafia. They bullied everybody. They were a mafia. But I love, it. and this is before the curtain was pulled back, so we didn't know that they were buddy buddies. We just know that when these guys were on stage together, when they were in the ring together, it was going to be fucking fireworks. Speaking of fireworks in the ring. There was a match where uh, Scott Hall and uh, at the time Diesel and Shawn Michaels teamed up uh, and took on Razor and One Two Three Kid. That tag match was fucking lit. Now, did you did you see that match a couple times? I watched it. I watched it twice. It's a, uh, I couldn't find the full match, but I did find like this uh, like a highlight reel of it, and uh, it. Man, all right. The pacing of the match, amazing. So this is what we gonna do. 
we're gonna see if we can locate that shit. We're gonna we're gonna take a break real quick. Roll up some if you need to. Uh, we're going to see if we can find this match because I definitely want to see it. I think I've seen the highlights, but I couldn't see good quality of it. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to touch on that match a little bit. If we can find it, we'll watch it and do a little play-by-play. If not, we'll just, you know what I'm saying, you, could give, you can give us and the people a brief description. I was, yeah, what the match was. It's goddamn skip. It's a barn burner. <laughs> then right. we'll go into the... Uh, Never seen Sean move that fast in my life. The career that went from Razor Ramon into Scott Hall when the evasion began and the wrestling business began, uh, and the wrestling business got turned on his head. So, we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is I, Andy Man X4, and I just want to give you all a warm-hearted thank you from the 773 Podcast. We really appreciate you guys being continued listeners and for your continued support. So we'll do our best to give you all the most exciting wrestling news and weed reviews. Till then, let's get back to the action. Hey, and we back. No, no, okay. Yes, we're back. But we were talking about something <laughs> on air, and I wanted to continue the conversation on air. I know Andrew's got, you know, the segue situation with the you dig, but... I wish there was a button that we could press, right? Hold your thought. Hold it. Hold it. Okay. Hold it. I'll hold hold it. it. I'm not going to forget it. I just want to say, like, I wish there was a button that I could press right now and siren the alarm. It's like, emergency stoppage. Okay, we got breaking news. Breaking conversational news. Go for it. Yeah. So, the rumor mill is buzzing. And I know we just wanted to say something about it now to let you guys know that, of course, we fucking know. Uh, rumor mill, Cody's uh, going back to WWE. Yeah, he's coming back. So, me and Drew were talking about what are the stipulations. Easily. What? How do you get Cody to come back? Cody comes back. One, Cody comes back. They say it's uh, Cody allegedly like, what, says. Why does he come back? I he guess it's the title. first. Like, but, so, this is what I stated. He had no traction when he fucking left. He was fucking stardust. They they, they saw nothing in him. They disrespected him. They disrespected I'm, his brother. They disrespected his father. Cody always knew he had way more to offer. He, I felt like if it wasn't a like a straight out verbal verbal thing that was stated he gave the higher ups and he who shall not be named that he gave them the uh fuck i'm drawing a blank because i'm so faded he basically hit them with a i bet you i can like i can show y'all i'm worth way more than y'all are fucking like giving okay. me the opportunity to do okay he left and established himself done that AEW is amazing and now he is at the highest plateau like Cody was he one of the four Cody are the four no, no I'm sorry he's not one of the four because he's, he's, he's a, I was like no 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 but he's like he's a creator he's the he's like he's yeah he, 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 he's, he's one of the four pillars from behind the scenes yeah you want to do it like exactly that. he's a, he's, the bus, he's, a, yeah, Omega, he's a creator Cody yes and then you got Tony at the forefront okay with money yes so I felt like Cody began to see that at the end of it all the situation always seems 
to go back to the situation that he left, so to speak. Like, yes, Tony has the right mindset. Yes, he has the best things in mind. You know, he has he has eye for the business, and he's not going to let it deviate to to stupid situations. I like to where we like, oh, here we go. But my thing is, it's just always the plan. Did Cody? Because Cody didn't leave on bad terms. They're saying like they couldn't reach a they couldn't reach a negotiation, so Cody said, "Screw it." I'm thinking now the negotiation is, I go away for a few months and do all this and do a little side quest, and then I come back and I get like and that interim intercom like the interim TNT title that holds it on for a little while. Because when I come back, I want to type. I want to come back for another title. He's going to WWE now for a belt. That's it. He's going there for the strap. Yeah, I hear I hear what you're saying about, yeah, I established myself. I'm worth more now. But why would you do that? Like, why would you leave that? Without knowing and, you can come back and to again, it. And that's what, like, that's what I'm getting like. He didn't he can, leave on bad terms. Exactly. He can come back to AEW. He can go to, he can come, you know, get his last run with WWE. What prevents them from screwing him like they always fucking have? They did it to him, his brother, his father. Vince is okay. a petty fucking. He who shall no. not be named is absolutely petty. Yes, but I don't think Cody is had. I think Cody's main thing is I'm going to come here. I'm going to get my title. I'm going to leave. Uh-oh. You guys aren't going to like. You're not going to sit here and like Cody has a recognition to see. You're not going to shit on me because I know what I'm worth. You can't do what you want me to, like. You, I'm the draw now. Cody is the draw now. Cody can Cody can save and change plans at the same time. Yeah, Cody if you can't get the Rock situation to pan out. You can now do a Cody situation, and, and Cody gives you leverage. I'm Cody gonna, knows secrets about AEW. Cody is a sports entertainer now. Yeah. All right. I have two shows. I wonder. Cody if has two two shows or three shows. My bad. I was leaning back. I, I wonder if if they. Jericho situation plays into that. Like that sports entertainment thing that he's gonna do. Oh, we're, we're we're talking we're talking dynamite. We're not talking dynamite. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's get to, let's get to the main topic right. here. We're, this is just the final send off. This is what happens in Treehouse, man. Yeah. So what, what's the car question, man? Oh, we're past the car question. Did I say it? We're past that. No, we're past that. All right. Okay. Yeah, we're past moving that. on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm with it. So. I believe when we left, uh, we told y'all we was going to check out uh, footage from that Razor Ramon 1-2-3 kid tag match against the Heartbreak Kid and Diesel. Uh, Barn burner. Fucking classic, man. Like, those guys can go. I got to find where and exactly uh, when that match, excuse me, when that match took place. Because that match had a lot of highlights and a lot of spots in it that looked really good. I can't tell you exactly uh, the time and date or where, but here's the thing that I can tell you: <laughs> um, that it is not that is a, uh, that it is a house show. Yeah, um, and that is it. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is your that is your first clue. Um, actually, I can do you one better. Right. I can give a quick shout out to the to the person behind the scenes that gave us that video. Um. You all can look for Rated R Wrestling on YouTube. Great guy. Thank you for the video. Uh, 
and editing all that together. It's a, it's a small chip out of your day to check out some amazing wrestling footage from a group of amazing uh, wrestlers. Man, it's, again, barn burner. Please go out of your way to check it out. Um, but now we're back in, we're back in WWF. Oh, no, 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 we're not WWF. We're going back to WCW. Well, we're going to talk about why and how he left the WWF. Like, I don't see a lot, and I don't know or remember much, but from what I do see and remember, you know, he had classic fucking feuds in that uh, organization before he left. He had ladder matches with Shawn Michaels. Um, he had the feud with One Two Three Kid. He also had the tag team uh, allegiance with the same One Two Three Kid. They called themselves the Bad Guys for a little bit. I don't know if that <laughs> ever got the uh, got the official name. Yeah, didn't get a title card for that. Definitely should have had one. Right. Okay. Uh, he feuded with Jeff Jarrett. That's J E double F J A double R E double T. Props on that one. That's... Yeah. Uh, they also uh, ended up doing some yeah, house shows. And, you know, this was back when the In Your House pay per views were exclusive. I love In Your House. I love those the were setup. My favorite. Yeah, those were my favorite. Like, they could be about anything. Second best video game there is. Uh, Razor was the first person to win the Intercontinental title three times. He lost the title to Jeff Jarrett. He ended up getting to, uh, towards the end of the, the career, he did some tag team. Uh, you know, he did the uh, tag team thing with one, two, three kids. Yeah. He ended up feuding with Savio Vega. Oh, wow. Uh, RIP, he ended up losing. Razor and Vega also tagged together, and they lost to Man on the Mission. Who's Man on the Mission? Who was Man on the Mission? That was King Mabel and Mo. RIP. Ah, yeah. terrible. I hate Mabel. Uh, Mabel's a horrible worker. King Viss, Big Viss. Ah. So, 95, that was all going on. In 96, Razor got. The rematch, I believe, was 96 with the rematch against Sean at SummerSlam, but he lost that. Damn. He feuded with Dean Douglas for a little bit, but that's when he won the title back. If you remember, I believe he dropped the title to Douglas. Or Douglas won the title. Douglas was going to be pushed as the new IC champion, but he got hated on hard time by the click. So uh There you they go. Ran, they ran him up out of WWF. Uh, bullies, man. He uh Razor, then in 96, if you remember, he had that feud was going on with uh, Goldust for, for a bit. Goldust. And then, I think Gold, did Goldust get the better of that feud? Yeah. And then once the three kid turned on him. Um, Things are going bad for the bad guy. Goldust was supposed to have a street fight against Hall for the title. <clears throat> but Hall was subsequently suspended for six weeks due to drug use. Uh, he came back but then he lost to Vayner not shortly after that he ended up leaving the company right before if you guys remember the click had a tag team match it was that house show where it was Kevin Nash Scott Hall Triple H and Shawn Michaels is that is the infamous uh, that night yeah oh oh, not Shawn Michaels yeah Shawn Michaels and Shawn Waltman I'm sorry and uh, that was the first time kayfabe was actually broken in front of individuals that weren't in the wrestling business. 
Who would have thought a simple hug and embrace after a wrestling match would have turned the business on its head? Maybe they're just cool dudes, you know? Maybe they realized the error of their way at the end of the match, and now they're like, hey, good job out there. Recognition. You know, they didn't have to... I think it, I think it has blown up the porch. How do you feel about the, uh, about the curtain call? I believe for the time, the way they kept the business, it, it's, it's like someone... You know, it's like secrets of the business. It's like a magician showing your showing you how the trick is done to a degree. You you've given up some of the allure. If I was a child, it, it wouldn't have made sense. I wouldn't have understood it. Uh as a as an adult, if I would have been into it, it yeah. would have probably threw me off or made me feel some kind of way. But I mean it, they knew yeah. it was those guys' last match. Yeah, I think like for for from an eight year old standpoint, it's different than like a thirty four year old. It's like, yeah, why are the like why are the bad guys uh, why are the bad guys hugging? Um, but then I'm sitting here like they're, they're just saying to show kids we're, we're going home. Right, right. I get in the car. <laughs> So, like, I mean, it, it, it pissed off the people in the business more yeah. than anything. Like, it didn't matter to the casual fan as much, I don't believe. No. We were trying to figure out shit, and all that did was give us the whole I knew it moment. Yeah. So that was cool. Oh, no. They know wrestling's not real. <laughs> so Whatever will we do? <laughs> How will we recruit them into this luxurious life of being underpaid? And risking your body for zero healthcare and you're not in the union. <laughs> but it's okay because we'll let you get merchandise. No, we won't because it has our name on there. You see that branding? <laughs> we made that brand. Not you. Don't make a Twitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, oh, man. So, <laughs> a little bit after that, Scott Hall uh, decides not to renew his contract with WWF. And during this time, 96, the business was uh, kind of on the down slope. You had guys jumping ship has been used yeah. as the term. Leaving the WWE, WWF at the time to go to WCW. I mean, like, what were contracts like at the time for that, man? They were paying out hand over fist, and I'm not really sure how or why. My apologies. But... The one thing I do know is those guys were getting cash money. Yeah. And people had no problem going over there to do whatever they needed to do to get some of that bread. Uh, yeah, this is this is just like, this is the Wild West of, uh, of wrestling. Uh, just being able to basically almost do whatever he wants to do. Like, with that, like, yeah, with like little binding because there's just like, they haven't experienced something like this before. Um, But we're... we're what are some of your What are some of your best promos from the guy? Now the one that really comes to mind off top is the promo that he did after he lost to the one two one two three kid on that episode of Raw. I wanna say the first episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. I know he was like before anything. The man established a catchphrase, hey, yo. That in itself, like, whenever I saw Scott. See, he has this way better than I do it. I, I, I looked for 
the flick of the toothpick and I looked for the hey yo really build it up to <laughs> I swear yeah he'll, right. he'll, he'll stand there he'll stand there look at you mm-hmm. over the shoulder you know what I, you know yeah drop the mic one time pick it back up <laughs> fucking good man I can't do it it's not for me um god I almost got a lead head on the what about yours um uh I think for me, there was a one where he's uh, talking with Kevin Nash, and, and I think anytime they're in the back, those two like just uh, could really rev it up. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember exactly what he said, but I remember that promo like on WCW. He was uh, he's going on about the Harlem Heat, and I couldn't. I I swear to God, I can't remember what he said. It was hilarious though. The man had Mike skills. He was without, funny, without a doubt. He could really blur the lines between, like, what's, like, you know, shooting on you and just, like, you know, joking with you publicly on the mic. He's a good river, let's call him. So, riblet. <laughs> let's talk about Scott Hall entering WCW. Now, this uh, would be his third, his second complete run, his third time with WCW. Now, is this his time as he's just uh, entering from ringside in the jean jacket? Yeah, this is him just sitting in the audience. Uh, the first time was May 27th, 1996. He was in the crowd in street clothes. and a, uh, Does anyone really dress like that, though? Like, uh, he I, was wearing a full jean outfit. Uh, I believe they called that... Uh, what is that cowboy tuxedo or something oh stupid God. like that? Something hillbilly. Jeez, like that's right. I said full, hillbilly. Full jean pants and yeah. some and some black tims. Yeah, I forget. Just like a, 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 a cowboy tuxedo or something weird like that. Good God, don't ever, don't ever <laughs> tell me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then uh, there was, you know, the infamous where he had, uh, approached the commentary table and. Talk this shit over there, I, and that's where that's where like the first time we did it, I was scared because I'm like, who is this guy? I know him from somewhere else. Why is he here? And it looked like while he was delivering his lines, it looked like he was uh like he was looking over his shoulder, like someone's gonna yeah. come down here and rush me. June in June, so he he got there in May. Two weeks later, him and Kevin Nash link up, and it seemed like WWF was infiltrating WCW mm. because they weren't announcing nothing. They were just saying them by the regular names. They got regular tickets. They're just sitting there. Yeah, you know? they're like regular people. So it looked like WWF was sneaking into WCW and trying to do something. And then the uh, the uh, cryptic conversations and promos that they would drop would also be some shit that I had you being like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Give it a peek behind that curtain, man. But everything comes to a head. At Bash at the Beach, 96. Uh, Nash and Hall are now officially with WCW, and they challenged Sting and Lex Luger and Randy Savage to a six-man tag match, saying that they have a mystery partner. Oh, this is this. This is this. That partner turned out to be the one, the only, Hulk Hogan. I thought it was going to be Larry Zabisco. 
I like during the time I had no idea who the fuck it would be. Like, like I couldn't even tell you who I thought it. Oh no, I know. I thought it was gonna be one, two, three kid. That's Cause who he, I because he has a because he does have a history. Yeah, because they were with him. Me, young me thought it was gonna be one, two, three kid. That's that's the only thing I could come to my mind. <clears throat> but um, it turned out to be Hogan, and those three would come to form the stable that would be known for then, now, and forevermore as the New World Order, or as Hogan called it, the New World Organization. Because he's... He said that shit like twice. Because he's, he's, he's fucking Hulk Hogan. He can do that. Let me tell you something, brother. Listen here, mean Gene. Listen here, mean Gene, brother. But uh, yeah. What? We're not really. <laughs> hey man, I'm pleased, dude. I'm really pleased. <laughs> so, the outsiders ended up beating Sting and Lex Luger. They uh fought them again at Hall Wild and at War Games. Uh, if it was, oh man, if it wasn't for the holster, like I don't know. I I like the outsiders. I, the Outsiders by themselves, Kevin Ash, Hall, yeah. good times. I, I, I wouldn't have thought to put Hogan with the Outsiders. Yeah. Side, no, I was just going to say a sidebar. They had to convince Hogan to go heel to play that. Excuse me. Jesus. They had to convince Hogan to go heel to play that role because he didn't. He never went heel. He didn't. Yeah, he, he didn't have it. He Lord. didn't see it. Yeah, and, and man, but when he went into it, you didn't think you wouldn't. You wouldn't know the difference. It almost fucked the industry up for a minute. I remember people not knowing what would happen. It's like Superman becoming a bad guy right before your fucking eyes. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're the guy who has been saving your life has officially decided to not give a fuck about what you need. Yeah, say your prayers and eat your vegetables and fuck off. Yeah, like... Sorry. So <laughs> it, it, it caught the business by surprise. Yeah. No. But if it wouldn't... No, no, no. <laughs> save that, 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 save that. That's cool. But if Hogan would have denied those, uh, that opportunity, it would have went to Sting. And this is... We're talking about still colorful, color wearing. Oh yeah, war paint stain. Short cut hair, short haircut having stain. You know what I'm saying? Almost a surfer stain. Yeah, it was. It, his hair was brown now, but it was still short, and he was still lively and baby face. So it would have been crazy. That would have been, but the first transformation. But do you think if um, if Sting would have kept the same gimmick, the same crow gimmick? If he would have kept that, do you think it would have been because of NWO? Like when he and when Sting would have turned and come to NWO, I like he would have come into like the that. idea of becoming that Sting. I like that you said that because I was wondering my damn self. I don't think it would have become the Crow Sting. He would have became a darker version of that Sting. I don't think the same face paint would have been applied. But I see him as being more of like. It would have been more of Joker TNA Sting, mm. not as dark though. Because another sidebar, Scott Hall was the one who gave Sting the idea to do the Crow gimmick. Like, so you can all. I wonder this now. This is just now coming to me. Thank you, Weed. I wonder if that whole conversation came about 
because Sting would have joined NWO. Right. Because if you think about the color coordination, if you think about the person who said it, the black and white, they would have Because again, they had to fucking convince Hulk Hogan to do it. He wasn't going to do it. That's why Sting was their backup. If Sting, if, if Hogan didn't want to do it, Sting was all systems go. So maybe you're absolutely fucking right to come around full circle. Maybe that Crow Sting gimmick came about because of NWO. Yeah. Jesus, you talking about a mind fuck moment. And, uh, this moment is brought to you by uh, Backwoods Cigars. Backwoods. If it ain't Backwoods, it's no good. I like that. I, was, I like that. I, I, Hey, we can run with it. Backwoods. Hit us up. We want we want it. I, I, I we'll take too, our two cents. I buy too much of your product. I work too hard for your shit. But uh yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, 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 we're. <laughs> Sorry, I zoned out. <laughs> uh, let's talk about that that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to talk about the whole the whole little iteration of the NWO. Like that whole situation can drag out into two or three episodes. Yeah, so I, they're amazing. Yeah, so I just want to touch on like a few of the key moments. They are the DX before DX were DX. Oh yeah, and and that alone saved WCW. It it went from being a faction of three to a year later they had their own pay per views. They were a whole fucking movement. NWO WCW NWO sold out. I will never forget that. <laughs> Perfect. T- perfect name i will never forget that pay-per-view because i remember thinking like this is nwo's pay-per-view it's black and white all the colorful shit was gone yeah but like when i think about nwo and scott hall's time there i think about the promos i think about them coming into the ring just holding the ring hostage for about 10 15 minutes hogan doing his stupid promos everybody running around doing the two sweet it was just so fucking it, it it looked like like we were accustomed to seeing the colorful gimmicky lively bright colored wrestling shit yeah and it looked like real motherfucking people decided to say what fuck the comic is, book stuff was, and the characters for modern day this would be i I'll, all i can think of is like adam cole baby and um and red dragon that's, they are the NWO. They hold the ring. They are, are individually the funniest guys in the world. Like the, yeah, 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 I like them. And, and and not to even lose track, I just have to give appreciation to Bobby Fish. He is underrated, along with Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, I did oh, not appreciate oh, them as, as much as I should have. Like, those guys are fucking amazing. They're great. In the ring, they're even better when they're standing with Adam Cole Baby, and the fucking little side shit and uh, backhanded remarks. Oh, I love them. I love them. Yeah, I love them. Always an entertaining time with them. So, okay, to get back on the track, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Whenever they came to the ring, it was always a fucking good time. It was yeah. always a party when the motherfuckers hit the ring together. Whether it was a promo, whether they were uh, trolling somebody, even though we didn't know trolling was a thing back then, but they did a lot of uh. 
like like you said, they were DX before DX came out. They had they had fun in the ring, and they, it's like they did they the were, costumes. They dressed up like oh my god, the dressing up. They had so many costumes. Hold on, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So many costumes. Can we take a moment to appreciate the NWO vignettes? Like we had seen nothing. Like you want to talk promos? Fuck having a commentator stand there and ask you a goofy question. Someone you can bounce ideas off of and make the ass of your jokes. Like, no disrespect to Mean Gene, but we don't need Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart was part of NWO for a little bit. But it, it's, it's my thing is like the, the vignettes one, you didn't see this before. No. Like, they were, again, the these ads, these are televised, com- they have their own commercials. Okay? This ad is sponsored Sorry. by the New World Order. Okay? Yeah, yeah that was cool. It was a whole different segment, man. They, this is them taking the show hostage. Yeah. Okay. This is them blurring the line of like, are they allowed to take over this TV time to, uh, to promote themselves? No. Or is this something? It was so masterfully you didn't done. No, man. Like they're laid, like they laid groundwork, and I, I'm sure they didn't even know it, man. Because I mean, you got you have Kevin Nash, who's hilarious. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like without even trying to be. Without even trying to be. Then when he actually puts the effort, he is fucking like yeah. It's the reason he became a movie star. And you got and you got uh, Scott Hall in his mind. Yeah, they're hilarious. He is. That's a a goddamn tag team comedy duo right there. I can. Hulk Hogan is there just because he got a name. I can bet you that Scott Hall has given people tips and gems and ideas that he never has taken credit for. I bet. And, And that that's the sign of a real man. You know that that's a sign of of a guy who, who who's in it for the love of business and not for the fucking cash money. Right. Uh, I, I don't I don't want the mention. I don't need the mention. It's just hey, you need a little you need a little help here, right? Yeah. Take it or leave it. So the vignettes, the holding the ring hostage. What else? The tag team title runs that they had. I know they had. Yeah, they had a few. I. Uh, uh, him and him and Scott Hall, like they were the main tag. Uh, they had most of the uh, tag gold. Um, let's see here. Got read down. Um, I forget how many title runs they had, but I know um, <clears throat> they uh, beat the Nasty Boys. They beat the Steiners. I want to say maybe like two or three runs. I can't find the exact numbers right now. Let's but, see. I remember, like, there's also the whole, uh, the one storyline that I wasn't a fan of, the drunk Scott Hall. Yeah. Because I believe, I mean, during this time, they were making wrestling more realistic. They were using more uh, reality-based themes to run their storylines with. That wasn't the best one. No. And it didn't age well at all. And the the most ironic part about the whole thing is that Scott Hall really did deal with these demons. It's, it's documented. But during the recording of the episodes and the segments and shit, he wasn't actually intoxicated. But he fucking seemed like he was. Yeah. Like, this is this is all factual. Like, even with the puke or whatever, that, that was fake puke or whatever. I forget. I don't know. I, 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 remember, mushroom or... I remember what that was. He he had got out of the ring. Uh, Kevin Ash is helping him. Uh, Stan...
Bam. What's the nickname your mom gives your significant other? Your little boyfriend? Your little friend? That fast tail heifer? Or uh, what's his name? Y'all know how to say it too. Y'all know how to say it. Little Y'all hanging tail. out with uh, what's his name? What that little fast tail heifer at? They should have had fast ass girl on that. That's your little. That's your little friend. Who's your little friend? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely that one. Boy, I swear, there's a card for every situation. Check it out. Black card revoked. Don't get yours taken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I like it. You see, I stepped back. <laughs> Sponsor us, bro. We're here. <laughs> Welcome back to the Treehouse, everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. Andy Man X4, your IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, alongside your Intercontinental Champion, Rondo. Rondo. What up? Yeah, we running down, just giving our thanks from uh appreciation to our, our fallen wrestling hero uh the bad guy scott hall um we come back and uh, after we left off we were god damn it where did we leave off uh we were, we were talking about the titles that kevin nash and scott hall had as the tag team champions over there boom five time tag team champions i believe five no se- yeah six six time champions with kevin nash one time with the giant um, gang, he likes people, he likes tall people, whatever. Um, after that, uh, he comes back to the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, he ends up eventually having a, a pretty decent, uh, having a, an almost decent match with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin at um, at WrestleMania 18. Yeah, but as we were talking about early, uh, as we talked about, uh, he had a really bogus gimmick that, uh, Kind of surrounded his his real life alcohol problem, yeah, and it's tough to watch. Yeah, and that didn't help him in the situation. Um, this leads to the infamous plane ride from hell. Um, yeah. This is where the the wrestling crew they're all you know they're overseas. We got Ric Flair, we got uh, we got Goldberg, we got some top tier names: Shawn Michaels, Gold Dust, Dustin Rose is there, Dustin Reynolds. Uh, oh, they call Dustin. Uh, who else is on there? Uh, DDP, not DDP. DDP's not on that plane. Uh, there's a lot of big wigs on this one, okay? Uh, but to get a layover, things get rough. It's hot. They're just left on a tarmac, and they just get drunk. I mean, hoisted. Uh, the jet flucked up. Yeah. The uh, the passenger, like the steward, like the, uh, what do you call it? The, the flight, flight attendants. Attendant. Yeah, the flight attendants had the worst time of their life i i really feel for those for those ladies man they, the rest were dead and dirty um it was a tough time uh the story was well documented uh the wrestlers did get out of control and uh there was a lawsuit filed and things were settled out of court behind that matter yeah but yeah it, 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 it was a rough it was a rough time i mean i don't and know it, if you're trying to go into detail yeah i'm not i'm not trying to go too hard into it but it, it's again it's well documented we uh we're talking about him uh, about uh scott hall here though uh so afterwards he gets let go uh but he doesn't but that doesn't stop him from wrestling he runs the indies uh the indie circus for a while winning championships here and there uh until finally coming back and uh making a surprise appearance at wrestlemania 31 this is the uh wrestling match where sting the icon went against triple h 
and uh, the uh, NWO came out there to stink side, held uh, held it down for him. Yeah. Uh, the, at the same uh, at the same time, Triple H had uh, DX come out there to see for a cool visual, kind of a cool visual. They're all old. They were really old at the time. Gray yeah. hair everywhere. Yeah, um, definitely looked like something. Boy. <laughs> Ball spots everywhere, man. I never, ain't nobody hit the gym that week. Um, but in that same year, uh, he got inducted to the Hall of Fame for the first time uh, under the name Reser- uh, for his uh, for his contribution to Sprays Ramon. Yeah. Uh, well deserved. Uh, afterwards, he had the Click show up with him. I think that was kind of uh, apropos, as they called it. Uh, uh-huh. having, uh, I like that. This guy's been reading the story. Yeah, yeah, I dabble. I dabble. I got words. Don't. I, I'm not good at words with friends, but I mean, I got. I got a couple. I got a couple. You know, tiles on the board. I see. We might have to, uh, we might have to get into some words with friends. I'm it's not a quidgy bow. It's not a quidgy bow. Hey. But. I'm not opposed to you know testing my my you know learning some words from you. Apropos. Ah. Oh man, boy's fun. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, later on, five years later, we uh, we run it back, and he he gets re- he is reinducted into the Hall of Fame. Second time, second time, two time. You got two rings, two time. All right, the bad guy goes in uh, for his contributions for uh, the NWO, and I think that was just like. In between that time, I didn't get a chance to mention this. I, I uh, fast rewind it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, during this time, he did manage to clean up. He um, yeah, uh, went to DDP yoga. Yep, got the did his Hulk stance um, and really helped him out. Uh, DDP got got bless his soul, man. Yeah, he's man. really he's really out there doing you know doing some good work for Give it uh, up for DDP for sure for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it, he had a really good like, which which brings me to like the, the closing of his life. But I mean, like, it's just really cool to just see like again his career, you know, take off all of his highs and lows. But in the end, just see Razor uh, to see Scott Hall come at the end, you know, get his you know get his flash at the end, you know. Yeah, and, and that's that's a testament to his his ability to keep fighting. And again, I want to just say that man's willpower is unmatched because you gotta have a certain type of energy and strength to fight through that that type of pain. Yeah, and he did it two separate occasions. So yeah, definitely tip of the cap to that guy. Yeah, and he like and he has some good friends too. I mean, he got Triple H. He had he has Shawn Michael. Well, he has a uh, Michael Higginbottom. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, I don't want to. Uh, you know, you got Paul Levesque. <laughs> you got the boys. You got yeah, the yeah. boys. Sean Waltman. You know. Might have been one of the worst for him, but that's still his man and a hundred grand. They used to get it in. Oh man. Did did they? I we were watching that fucking video. Uh you guys, this is great podcast information. Here. We were watching this goddamn video. That's wild. It's like a three hour and forty minute interview with Scott Hall and Sean Waltman. I forget the uh platform it was on. But Damn. you could look up Scott Hall and Sean Waltman interviews. It's three hours, 42 minutes long at least. Wasted. They were college girl drunk in that motherfucker. Man. Scott. Oh, no. I said Scott Hall. I'm tweaking. I meant Kevin Nash. Big, big, big rig. Big sexy. I keep saying Scott Hall. All big right. sexy. He's drinking wine. Sean Waltman's taking shots of what I'm sure is probably vodka. It is the worst. I can't do it. 
I can't I do it. Point that. is, point yeah. is, <laughs> we're, we're getting off track. Point is, um, it was a crazy interview, but at the time, like again, to see the guys like come out of their come out of their addictions, you know, as better uh, as better men. Yeah. Really, at the end of the day, that's where all that really matters. Um, thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for you know taking your time out to appreciate this uh, the legacy that is uh, Scott Hall. Uh, appreciate you just joining us in the treehouse, man. Um, I've been Andy Man X4, your IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Hold on, we jumping the gun. I, I did want to close out with a question since you want to ask me all this random ass black people shit. Hey man, that I knew. Might I add? Thank you. Okay. Hat off to you. So and so, uh, uh, really nice <laughs> so uh in uh accordance to the episode today, which was uh in the remembrance of Mr. Scott Hall, I wanted to ask you what was your favorite Scott? Hall wrestling attire. Oh, easily, easily. Uh, magenta trunks with the with the gold razor blades. Son of a b. That's exactly what I was easily, easily. Mister Fancy Pants here says magenta. Goddamn right. I was gonna say purple and yellow. I went to color school. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Is that a race thing? Yeah. <laughs> I was a big fan of the uh, Wolfpack uniform, also. The black and black trunks and the black vest with the red drip. Oh man, it's classic. Yeah. The classic drip. The outsider joint. I like that a lot also. Yeah. Alright, so um now. Wanna give yes. For this for the legacy of Scott Hall. Wanna give a title raise. Titles up for my man Scott Hall. May you rest in power. God bless. One time for the big. He the reason I got. He's the reason I grabbed the white intercontinental title as well. You can see that point in the head of my breath. You know what I'm saying? How I view it. Did you say pause? Pause? Did you say pause? No, did I say something? No, okay, you didn't. Okay. See, now I gotta fucking play this back. Cut that, 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 cut